Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Udio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Udiobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show number 948, which will feature a small bird named for a large mammal. Hummingbird help from Mike O'Connor. Three avian audio postcards and inspiration from a Florida Audubon chapter that's keeping its trails beautiful by adding plurting to their birding. Well, the Cornell Lab has a wonderful feature that we've mentioned a few times. It's an ongoing list of bird festivals and related events taking place all around the country. And we have a convenient link to that list that you can find under the Get Involved tab on our TalkingBirds.com website. And here's one festival we'll highlight today. This one's of special interest if you're in the great state of New York or nearby Connecticut or northern New Jersey. It's the 76th Annual New York Birders Conference, Westchester County, September 22nd to the 24th. David Sibley will be there as the keynote speaker, along with the great Tom Stevenson, who will be conducting a bird sounds workshop. Lots of other workshops, too, as well as 16 field trips to birding hotspots, including shorelines of the Hudson River and Long Island Sound. Dates again September 22nd to 24th. And here's another important date if you'd like to consider attending. It's the registration deadline, and it is August 31st. Full details about the festival can be found at nybirders.org. NY as in New York. That's nybirders.org. On to some audio postcards. We have one from Wisconsin. The Dairy State. We have one from Florida. That's the uh, Sunshine State. And one from a postcard provider whom we're keeping secret for the moment. Here's a clue to the location. Let's start with Leslie Andrich observing and listening to this bird. That was an American bittern in the White River Marsh in Princeton, Wisconsin at about 5.30 in the morning. This is Leslie. Have a good day. Thank you, Leslie. Now let's head south where Kathy Wrigling has some sweet sounds for us from Florida. Good morning. This is Kathy reporting from beautiful Wakiva Springs State Park. And it is just the breaking of dawn. The summer tanager males are singing. There's a pine warbler. There are common nighthawk calling. And then there's some brown-headed nuthatches that are doing their little squeaky toy noise up high in the pines. It's another beautiful morning here at this location. 
just enjoying the beginning of the day. Happy birding, everybody. Thank you so much, Kathy, in that beautiful spot there in Apopka, Florida. And now, all the way across the Atlantic and through part of the Mediterranean Sea, we have an audio postcard from Greece. And we mentioned there'd be a kind of a mystery sender of this audio postcard. And we're about to find out who that is. Hey, Ray. It's Jesse, producer for Talking Birds. I'm here in Greece, in Messimeri. Small village, kind of close to Thessaloniki. And uh, I'm sitting on the back porch of the house we're staying at, and there are birds. I don't know what kind of birds. You'd think after 20-something years of producing Ray Brown's Talking Birds, I'd start to get the hang of this thing, but I don't. So maybe one of your smart listeners can help identify this mystery bird. There's a whole bunch of them flying right above my head right now. All right, I'll leave it up to you guys. This is Jesse Wilkins. I'll see you next week, Ray. All right, thank you, Jesse. We'll, <laughs> we'll see you next week. The great Tim McKinney is our engineer this morning. We haven't been doing this for 20-plus years, Tim, have we? Please tell um, me. No, not quite. Not, not quite. quite. Not I've quite. been here at WAGD for that long, oh, but no. Not doing yeah. our show. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. <laughs> All right, we move on to the Mystery Bird Contest preview here. Little one-finger typing? Not exactly. It's our Mystery Bird. The actual contest in a little bit. Our bird inhabits wet meadows and marshes, as well as deep grass and rice fields. It breeds across most of Canada, migrates in the fall down the Atlantic coast and through the Midwest to wintering grounds, mostly along the Gulf Coast and that state that's getting a lot of coverage this morning, (laughs) Florida. This small bird, about seven inches long, has yellowish underparts, dark underparts. um, That was uh, dark upper parts, yes, Yellowish stripes down the back, and a short tail, short bill, and short neck. Our bird is not often seen thanks to its secretive nature and its habit of dashing around in dense vegetation. Not heard that often either. It usually calls at night, and that's our mystery bird contest in a bit. I want to get you ready for it. We have a beautiful Brome Squirrel Solution 150 feeder as our prize here. It's genuinely squirrel-proof. And chew-proof as well. And, again this morning, our Mystery Bird Contest winner will automatically be entered into the September 3rd drawing for a Vortex Viper HD 8x42 binocular with a retail value of about $500. That's for the drawing in our Mystery Bird Contest winner this morning will be entered automatically into that drawing. A salute to more royal ambassadors, a royal salute to our ambassadors, joining our ambassadors' family and helping us get the word out about birds and conservation. Thank you to Mike Opitz from Albuquerque, New Mexico, a relatively new listener. And thank you, Mike, and thanks for the kind comments. And thanks to Scott McMorrow from Ingleside, California. And he has a, a, a connection to us back here in the Bay State. He says he was born and raised in Situate. Right down the line here, down the road from our uh, studios on the south shore of Massachusetts. Last week we mentioned Roy Boyle from Maryland, another pretty new ambassador, and wanted to follow up 
and talk about a couple of the great things that Roy is doing. He says, I was asked to lead the Continuing Education Initiative after I was certified in the Potomac Valley Master Naturalist Chapter in West Virginia, the Eastern Panhandle. And he says, after the coursework and service needed to become a certified Master Naturalist, additional coursework and service are needed each year to remain certified So Roy has created an online program and an online interactive game show type of program as well through Kahoot, which is a game-based learning program or platform used in education. And that has morphed into planned field trips and presentations with educational components now that the pandemic has ended. Good for you, Roy. Great stuff. Talking Birds listeners, will you consider joining Roy And our other ambassadors, Scott and Mike, and about 830-plus other folks in our ambassadors' family. Very easy to join and easy to be an ambassador. Just hand out some of those cards we'll send at your convenience. And you can sign up at TalkingBirds.com right there under the Get Involved tab. Still to come today, we'll make another Sunshine State connection when we talk with John Middleton from Four Rivers Audubon in the north-central part of Florida about plurting. What's that? Well, it's picking up litter while burning. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us almost live from the archive uh, for Let's Ask Mike segment about plastic bottles. There's supposed to be a boo sound here. We'll add Boo! Thank you very much. Yes, and uh, also hummingbirds. That would be more like a yay. (laughs) Thank you, They love the hummingbirds. Love them. Yeah. And up next, a small oceanic auklet that shares a name with a large African ungulate is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century. Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Here's the sound of a rhinoceros. And here's the sound of a rhinoceros auklet. Kind of surprising that they don't sound all that different from one another. Especially considering that the former is a powerful beast native to Africa and Asia, weighing up to four tons, depending on the specific species. And the latter is a small seabird that weighs about 16 ounces. So why would a small seabird like that have rhinoceros in its common name? Well, for the same reason that it's also called unicorn puffin. Those names are inspired by the presence of a vertical white plate at the base of the bird's orange bill that juts upward, a bit like the horn of a rhinoceros or a unicorn. The rhinoceros auklet is a medium-sized stocky seabird about 11 inches long mostly dark gray with a white belly. The breeding adult develops that white horn at the base of its bill in early spring and then sheds it in late summer. In North America, our bird breeds from California to Alaska's Aleutian Islands and winters along most of the U.S. West Coast. It surface dives for fish, using its wings for underwater propulsion. The rhinoceros auklet nests on islands, digging long burrows in the soil under grass and trees and shrubs. It's the only member of its genus, and although it's called an auklet, 
it's believed to be more closely related to puffins. So that unicorn puffin nickname might actually be a better common name than the one we know. Rhinoceros, auklet. Cerorinca, monocerata. Today's Talkin' Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again to our show number 948. John Middleton is a board member of Four Rivers Audubon, covering seven counties in north central Florida, and he's joining us this morning to talk about, well, you know, I'll let you name the topic, John. Maybe John can. Can John uh, not hear me? Because if he if he could hear me, he probably would be saying something. Let's see. We'll try that again. There we, go. There we are. Okay. All right. This is about to become very smooth, but uh, hasn't gotten there quite. Velvet yet. smooth. Velvet smooth is the word I was looking for. Are, are, are you there now, John? I am here. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll take you off the spot and say, "Plurting is what we, <laughs> what we want to talk about." That's a mashup of the words picking up litter while birding. Uh, some people think that's a strange-sounding word, John, but you and your group saw past that and really embraced the concept, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, Ray, it was really because of you. You know, we all of us bird, we know that we see litter along those trails, and we've always picked up a piece here and there. But it really was when you introduced the notion of plurting that the light went off in our, our collective heads. Uh, we got the trash grabbers and the trash bags and uh, started carrying them on, on, the, on each of our outings. Uh, got a little more serious. Uh, initially, there was some fear, and I suspect that some of the other chapters, especially mm-hmm. smaller chapters like our own, have people who go, I don't want to turn my fun day of field into a work day. Mm. And uh, we, we make the point, no, we're not going to get all the litter in the park if it's really a, a bad place, but we're mm-hmm. going to get some, mm-hmm. and we're going to really pay attention to those dangerous things, the, the discarded fishing line, any plastic that we can, any styrofoam that we can, etc. cetera. Uh, but we don't try not to lose focus on, on the, uh, the, the reason we're really there, which is to enjoy the beautiful natural history of these wonderful parks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Ray, go ahead. Oh, well, I'm just going to say, we, we talked to Jim Joyce recently, who has a wonderful group up here in Massachusetts, and they've inspired so many people to join them. And I wonder how you've done with that uh, in your time with uh, plurting, maybe with people who sort of happen upon seeing you doing it. Absolutely. You know, one of the things we found early on was certainly you accomplish that direct mission. We're getting some trash mm-hmm. out of there. But, you know, there's a whole nother level to this that uh, is the relationship level. Relationships have four things. The physical, well, the fact that we're there and we're physically picking up trash means that we, we do make that, that physical connection. Mm-hmm. But there's more to that. When we're birding, we get that intellectual connection as we learn what is that bird and what are the field marks and all. The same thing happens with this as people learn that that discarded fishing line isn't just ugly, but it poses a risk Mm -hmm. to the lives of birds and other wildlife. Uh, There's an emotional connection as people... You can look behind yourself and see that things look better. Uh, You can have that moment of awe, that moment of understanding the beauty. But more importantly, and this is the thing that leads people, I think, to connect in the way you're describing, Ray, that's that, that soul connection, if you will. If I give, if I do for someone else or something else, 
I'm the one who's fed. And so what we started doing was asking for volunteers. And when I'm doing it, I all usually look at people who are newer with our group. Mm -hmm. Would someone carry the trash grabber today? Mm -hmm. Would someone carry this trash bag today? And of course, they're always willing to do that. They connect with us as people and as an organization, and we connect with them as people and an organization. And so uh, it really works in, in uh, helping that new person feel like they're part of something bigger and understanding that we're about more than just spending Saturday morning together. We're really a part of trying to serve conservation needs in our area. Well, you certainly want to spread the word, I know, John. Is there a good way for folks to contact you or contact Four Rivers Audubon to see how they might follow in your footsteps there? Absolutely. Um, fourriversaudubon.org is our, our uh, website and the email address is fourriversaudubon one word at gmail.com and uh, I'm the one who gets the email at that address so you can email us uh, there, are, there are links on the website and we would help anybody in any way we could in that regard one more thing I want to ask you about John a little bit separate topic it contains the word frogmore uh, this sounds like the estate where Prince Harry was ejected from the royal family, uh, but I think it's <laughs> something entirely different, right? <laughs> give give yeah, us a the, quick the idea. The family property on, on which I live is called Frogmore Farm, ah, and it has okay. nothing to do with that historic Frogmore. Okay. It has to do with my brother-in-law's... Uh, love of frogs and uh, uh there's a long story i won't bore your <laughs> listeners with here but uh we have plenty of frogs this is florida and this is a rural part where there has not been a lot of aerial spraying and such so uh lots of frogs especially the tree frogs of various species and uh so that's why it's called frogmore farm and you have uh, well, one when i moved your yep. caretaker i set up a website mm -hmm. and it's frogmorefocus.com F-R-O-G-M-O-R-E-F-O-C-U-S. And that's where I post a lot of my photography and a few comments. All right, that's what I was just going to ask you about. John Middleton is a board member of Four Rivers Audubon in North Central Florida, and he is a proud plurter. John, thank you for your good work, and keep on plurting. Thank you, Ray. Everybody, go plurred. <laughs> John Middleton here on Talking Birds, and up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. All right, once again, this is not Tim McKinney doing one finger typing over there. I think no, I, I, I'm able to type all, all the fingers. A, you're a speed typist, I know. Uh, I don't know about speed, but I do okay. All right, Thank that's you. our mystery bird there. It inhabits wet meadows and marshes 
as well as deep grass and rice fields. It breeds across most of Canada and migrates in the fall. Down the Atlantic coast through the Midwest to wintering grounds mostly along the Gulf Coast and Florida. This small bird, about seven inches long, has yellowish underparts, dark upper parts with yellowish stripes down the back, and a short tail, bill, and neck. Our bird is not often seen thanks to its secretive nature and its habit of running around in dense vegetation. And not often heard either since it calls mostly at night. And that's our mystery bird. And we have the beautiful Brome Squirrel Solution 150 feeder as a prize. And our winner today will be entered into the drawing, which is coming soon, with not many entries in it, so the odds are pretty good here. September 3rd, we'll do a drawing for a Vortex Viper HD 8x42 binocular with a retail value of about $500. Oh, the phone number, that's the important thing here. 781-837-4900 on our Mystery Bird Contest. That's 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Call as soon as you possibly can so we'll have time for the contest. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to go back to the archive to 19, uh, not 19, but to uh, 2021 when we talk with uh, Mike O'Connor. And uh, But first we're going to hear a, a, a kind of a special announcement here that won't be relatable to most people, but maybe to you, because it's kind of a special opportunity. So we'll hear that, and then it's coming up. Let's ask Mike, almost live from the archive, in just one minute. Have you ever dreamed of owning a bookstore? Beauty of Books, a fixture in the birding community for over 50 years, is for sale. With our unique blend of high-tech and old-fashioned customer service, Beauty of Books has remained successful and strong. This thriving business offers the largest selection of new, used, and rare bird books in the world and needs only a new owner who's passionate about birds and books. If you or someone you know would like more information, contact us at customerservice at beautyobooks.com. Thanks. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit questnaturetours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. To Orleans, Cape Cod, Mike O'Connor, and that town we just mentioned there doing something very special for the environment. Let's find out about it. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, right? Yeah, right. My little town, mm. Orleans, yeah. which, you know, is, uh, you know, it's not, not, not known for its cutting edge. We just got indoor <laughs> plumbing like a year ago. Congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's nice. You should try that. <laughs> but they just, uh, a, a year or two ago, they banned those those crummy little cheesy plastic bags that the stores used to put, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd buy a soda and then they'd put a put it in the bag and just throw yeah. it away. And, then, would, the, and then the bag would go up into the, a nearby tree shortly right. after. <laughs> the yeah. bag tree, right. And and so they got rid of those, so okay, everybody's doing that. But just last week, they also outlawed or banned or per, you can't sell those single-use little bottles of water. Mm. You know, like mm. when we were kids, we would just, you know, go to, a, as, as we say in Massachusetts, a bubbla. <laughs> we'd, go, we'd go to a, a a water fountain water or something bubbling. and have yeah. a drink. Well, then they got, you know, there's money in that, so they put them into plastic bottles and everybody's mm-hmm. buying them. Well, no more in Orleans. 
can still buy large containers of water, but the little ones, the little single-use things, no more. So good for them. Indeed, yeah. Uh, by the way, I just sort of mentioned we, we're going to do a little piece uh, on an upcoming show about... The idea yeah, of really. bottled water in general and whether it's really better than tap water, and we have some kind of expert uh, testimony and stats that might surprise some people about that. Oh, I'm going to listen to that show. All right, me too. So, <laughs> Tim is nodding. He may listen as well. Listen, you better do the show too. Come on. They're doing it and listening. You think that's easy? No, that's not. So, but but uh, the other thing you wanted to talk about, and we have the picture that we're going to put on our website to uh, demonstrate this, and that is your amazing picture of a ruby-throated hummingbird, and particularly the tongue of that bird, and how amazing it is. Right. Well, I think we've all birders are trying to take pictures of hummingbirds, which is hard. They're fast. And they, one morning I was sitting out in the deck having breakfast, and my wife has some flowers out there. And you know, like a million times, they, oh, the light's nice. Let's take a few pictures. And I took. A ton. And then when I went back to look at him, in one shot, the hummingbird had put its beak through the blossom, and the tongue had come out the other side. And when I saw the, 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 the picture at the end, hummingbirds, I kind of knew this, but I guess I forgot, have a split tongue at the end. The tongue is snake, the forked tongue like a snake yeah. or a, a politician. And, and it... <laughs> The end. It's this was a dramatic split. It's like almost like two tongues, and at the end of each, we'll call it fork, is these little little hair-like fibers that collect the nectar. And if the birds bring it in, they bring the nectar with them, and the birds can flick this tongue in and out like twelve, fifteen, eighteen times per second. This is just, and when it does, it shoots out. As it comes out, it forces the nectar that's just gathered back into the bird's throat, and they do this. And I had taken a lot of pictures, and you see the tongue sticking out. It just looks like a one piece. But in this picture, for whatever reason, the fork was really wide, and it was really cool. It was. Re it looks. It looks like a party favor ring party coming favor. out of the bird. Wow. And, well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, that's why we can use those flat hummingbird feeders. They're like a dish. We don't need those drippy kind where the nectar sits at the very tip. They can be flat, and the birds extend their tongue as long as their beak is, so it's extra long, and they can lap up nectar that's deep in inside those flat feeders, which are the better choices. Go ahead. What yeah. say. I, I forgot now, but uh, that's okay. No, that was important information <laughs> that you just gave there. So <laughs> thank you for that, and we will get that amazing picture of yours up on our website, very shortly and on our Facebook page, too. All right. We'll All talk right. to you next week. Bro. All right, Mike, Mike O'Connor, down there in Orleans, Massachusetts, uh, where no more of those little plastic bottles of water there. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. All right, one more time with the typing there, what sounds like typing. It's actually our mystery bird, an inhabitant of wet meadows and marshes, deep grass and rice fields. Uh, about seven inches long, yellowish underparts, dark upper parts with yellowish stripes down the back. A short tail, a short bill, and a short neck. And what is it? 781-837-4900 is the number. And Gordon is in uh, Hereford, Arizona. Good morning, Gordon. 
Good morning, Ray. A Good. velvet smooth show today, by the way, Ray. <laughs> yeah, crushed velvet, I think, is what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> so Hereford, I don't think I'm aware of Hereford, Arizona. Is that in the southeast? Yeah, it is in the southeast, actually. It's just down the road from Sierra Vista, where the Southwest Wings Birding Festival was just held a couple of weeks ago. Ah, yes, indeed. Wonderful. What a place for birds. And uh, and yours a perfect spot for the Mystery Bird Contest. And what do you think it is, Gordon? Yeah, not a bird we'll find much down here, but mm -hmm. um, I think it is a yellow rail. Tim, uh, Tim is nodding, and I believe we heard a little cowbell in there, Tim. Yes, yes, more cowbell, yes. These are all positive indications here that that was the uh, indeed correct answer. Gordon, thank you so much. And, of course, uh, I'd want to remember this time, because I forgot to say this to our winner last week, but you are eligible now for that beautiful binocular or pair of binoculars, if you prefer, from Vortex that we'll give away on September 3rd. Oh, that's great. Thanks very much. And by the way, I was up at the uh, Tucson Birding Festival, and I met some of the Talking Birds representatives at their little booth. That was great to see them there. Our wonderful friends, Eliz, Etienne, and our other wonderful uh, um, birding uh, representative, uh -oh. Patty. Patty was there as well. Patty, that's it. I have to remember Patty, because she's going to help us out with another festival. Gordon, thank you. We're out of time, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Udio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Udiobooks.com.